Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And on today's show, we have three special guests who are joining us to talk about goal setting and strategic planning. With us today are Danny McKenzie, Stephanie Cook, and Matthew Reese. All three are friends of SB Pace and are a part of our network. Welcome, guys. That's right. You're listening to BizQuick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. BizQuick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. All right. Excited for you guys to be here. I know that you all approach goal setting in very different ways. And we just spent the last, you know, portions of uh, the last week going through our 2021 um, strategic plan and setting goals for the year for our business. Um, But goal setting can be both business and personal. So I want to dive right in and kind of ask just, I'm going to appoint it to Stephanie and we'll just go round robin from there. But Stephanie, um, what is um, your main objective when you're doing, you do goal setting, correct? Yep. And what's your main objective when you're doing it? Well, I guess I have a couple main objectives. So one of the things that I do as kind of like a precursor to goal setting is to do like a, a retro or a review. And so I always look at like, what do I need to improve upon that I did the last time around? Um, so that's always a, a part of my goal setting. But the other thing, which may be a little bit different than um, Matt or Danny is, I made a shift a couple years ago to not just goal setting, um, but goal setting with like a feeling in mind. So Julie, I know you're familiar with the desire map. It's kind of based on that. I don't really follow that program anymore, but the whole idea is like not achieving for the sake of achieving, but achieving for the sake of wanting to feel a certain way after you accomplish a goal. So I really keep that at the forefront for me when I'm planning, like what's going to feel good for me to do versus what's not going to feel good for me to do. So I love that. Danny, how about you? Yeah, so uh, what's really at the forefront of any time I'm trying to set goals is what are the habits that are going to take for me to be able to achieve the goal? And so then it becomes, okay, what is the goal? And then the goal is a year-long achievement, which has to be broken down, in my opinion, into the way I break it down is four quarters, right? So um, in four quarters, what do I have to achieve per quarter? And then I also weight the goal, knowing that our business, uh, at least my business, has ebbs and flows you know, my busiest quarter is going to be the third quarter, which gets probably about 40% of my yearly goal. You know, you, in my opinion, you can't just break your goal up into 25% shares over the quarter. In my opinion, you got to wait the the quarters based on the amount of time, the season. Um, You know, so there's, there's a whole, a lot of other things that go into my goal setting plan. 
And it's not just goals for my business. You know, it's goals for my family that have to incorporate with my business because, you know, if I create a goal that requires me to work 80 hours a week, well, sure, I achieved that goal in my business, but I'm probably not going to have a successful marriage, right? So you got to be cognizant of all of your goals working in unison together. And to Stephanie's point, some of your goals can intertwine. I love to play golf. I also love to wine and dine partners. So guess what? I get to wine and dine partners by playing golf with them. So, you know, those goals like that, where you get to do fun things that incorporate with work is really what my uh, goals are for next year. All of my goals are centered around how many fun events can I schedule per quarter for my partners to learn more about what we do and therefore get more clients. So I think goal setting has to be bigger than just the business and has to be uh, all about uh, basically about your whole uh, life and what you're trying to achieve. Wow. You've said a lot there. Some really good stuff. Matt, how about you? Yeah, I think um, Stephanie and Danny both hit on some great points. Um, I too also like to take a look at some review process before setting goals and then as Danny pointed out, um, I really like to take a look and see, you know, what are the metrics that I want to look at for myself for the year in my business, in my physical health, um, in my relationships, um, and all those things and try to figure out what are some things that I can set that are not going to, um, say contradict, but they're not going to work against one or the other, as Danny pointed out, you know, I mean, it's great to set a goal and you can work 80 hours to hit that goal. But if that throws you off of a goal of another area, then it, it really doesn't work. So you need to kind of look at that holistic approach and kind of figure out where are the different areas where I want to move the needle um, and then kind of figure out, you know, it does become a balancing act of, okay, I can, you know, how much do I want to push into my business to get to this goal? Well, how does that affect on the other side, not only, my relationship with my family and my wife, or maybe even my health. I mean, I just went through a little rebound where I was, you know, I was pushing really hard in my business and my health started to slide. And so I needed to take a look at that and realize that I need to realign. So when I'm setting my goals, I really try to take a holistic approach. Um, as Danny pointed out, my business also has some ebbs and flows. So I need to take a look at um, different areas where I know, or I can, can try to predict where things are going to be busier and maybe, I shift my goals in different ways so that again, so things aren't, so I don't have goals butting up against each other. So I really try to work in a way that's going to have um, goals set forth that I can, I can hit, whether it's a stretch goal or not, it's something that's still a, a chain, attainable, but also, especially if that doesn't butt against um, other goals that I'm putting in place. I don't want to work against myself um, in that regard. Okay. And when you're setting goals, Matt, um, where do you struggle when it comes to, you know, creating those goals? <laughs> Uh, my biggest struggle is setting too many goals. And, you know, I think when you sit down, or at least I know for myself, I sit down and I start to think about, you know, five years, 10 years, and then start working back into one year, you know, each quarter, et cetera. You know, I have these great ideas, the things that I want to do. I've always been an optimistic person. So I always feel like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this. And sometimes it's not necessarily realistic. And that's the biggest area where I struggle is being realistic um, with the goals that I set, um, because I think it's important that 
you do want to push yourself. You want to challenge yourself with your goals, but you have to be realistic about what you do because if you're just go crazy and set these goals that are just not attainable or that just, you know, you start to hit failures upon failure, then it really starts to weigh on you. I think you need to have some goals that are attainable um, so you can kind of build wins and start to build momentum. Um, but also if you have these goals that are just not realistic, then your, your plan behind all that, you know, is not going to be realistic. So you need to be realistic from the beginning. And, and that's one of the biggest areas I struggle with is just really trying to focus on areas that I know I need to improve and where I can improve um, that are realistic. Yeah, realistic goal setting can be a challenge for a lot of people. I think, especially when you're talking about the end of the year, right? Everybody tends to be thinking very grandiose about the new year and what they're going to do and how they're going to accomplish all of these things. And then very quickly, I think, isn't it like, I want to say the date is like by February or January. It's like January 17th or 18th is the day when almost all people have already like 90, 99% of all people have failed at their goals that they set for the new year. It happens very, very fast because I think people are aggressive. So what are, does anybody have any um, kind of tips for how to make sure that you're setting realistic yet achievable goals? Because I, I mean, honestly, I'm okay with goals that aren't all that realistic. As long as you've got some realistic ones um, mixed in there, we do stretch goals to push ourselves harder, but we also have some really realistic ones that are broken down into bite-sized pieces. So what do you, what do you guys recommend on that? Anyone? Yeah, I can go. Um, so th the way I look at it um, is, I don't know if you guys saw the, the one um, teacher who got a glass jar and filled it up with three rocks and then said, you know, is, a is the jar full? And the classroom said, yeah, and he pours in sand, right? And then he says, now is the jar full and it gets in all the cracks and the crevices. And they say, well, yeah, it's completely packed with sand and three rocks. Well, then he pours in water and more water fits in there, right? So the way I look at goal setting and my activities in a given week, there are three big rocks that I have to schedule every week before anything else gets done. So they could be all pointed to the same goal and be realistic or, you know, I'm also a big believer in seasons, right? Because what may work at, for the next 10 weeks won't work for 52 weeks, but I can, I can push for 10 weeks. Um, kind of like, kind of like a, a boxer getting ready for a, a, a boxing match, right? They, they train for six to eight weeks harder than they would normally. And so I think it's important to know, you know, there, there's a certain level of like when you're, when you're in shape, you're in shape. But then also if you're going into a prize fight, you're going to train harder for the next six weeks or eight weeks. And, and I think as we talked about the ebb and flows, you know, understanding what your averages have been because your past is the biggest indicator of what, of what the future is going to be. Again, just like you guys have heard as well, you know, you, you can't do the same thing over and over again, expect different results. That's the definition of insanity, right? So, you know, you can't say, okay, I'm going to do these three things every week. And these have been your results for the last 50 weeks and then expect that result to be different. So, you know, that, that's kind of the way I look at it is what, what's worked, what can I duplicate? What's not worked. And either I didn't do enough of it or 
I can do more of it and achieve more. I hope I'm making sense because I, I just, I get excited about this stuff and it just kind of just comes out, but um, you know, I, I hope that all made sense. Yep. Definitely made sense. Yeah, it definitely did. And, and I think that you had, um, you know, some good points in there in terms of like, you know, kind of breaking it down and, and, you know, discovering what's or identifying what's important now and knowing that it might not be important later. Um, and then kind of back to what Julie was talking about where so many people fail so quickly, like in the new year with their resolutions or whatever it is. Um, you know, and, and I think it's people get discouraged. So uh, Steph, like when it comes to holding yourself accountable to hitting your goals or, or if you get discouraged, like, I mean, how do you address that? Um, well, I think one of the things that has taken me a really long time to learn, and it's still very hard for me is to give myself grace when I fail or when I decide that a goal is not working. Um, actually very recently had an experience with that where my husband and I have been doing the live hard program and we were starting phase three and we were about five days into it. And we were like, this is really just not enjoyable. Like, I know that program's not supposed to be enjoyable, but it was like, we don't feel like we're getting anything out of this. So like, let's just quit. Um, which for someone who's like a high achiever quitting something after five days, which is like a 30 day thing is like, you kind of judge yourself a little bit, but, um, giving yourself some, some grace, I think is really important, really identifying what the, what the part of the goal is that you're attached to and like how you, maybe you can still achieve that. And then the other thing I was going to say about Danny's comment was, for me, I think the container that you set the goal in is really important. And I know everyone is kind of attached to this annual container. I happen to set goals at the end of the year, just because it's when I have the most kind of downtime and retrospective time. Uh, but maybe that time doesn't work for everybody, or maybe like accomplishing something in a year is, is not feasible. I have a goal on my list that's been on my list, uh, my goals for I don't know, three years, maybe it's something I'm still working towards, but I'm not there yet, but it's still on the list and I'm not giving up on it. Like just because I haven't achieved it by December 31st. So just making sure that that, that the timeframes maybe are, are realistic and giving yourself some space. I love that. And I think that the container, that's such an important point because we tend to hear so much chatter and noise around you know, setting New Year's resolutions and goals at the end of the year. And the reality is business goals for me, um, because of the way that our, you know, fiscal calendar is set up January to December, it makes sense for us to put new goals in starting in December that, that cover the whole year. But I also do like my personal goals. I do those at the beginning of December because that's when my birthday is. And so I structure them around my own personal yearly calendar rather than, you know, the actual January to the end of December. And that works out really, really well for me because I'm not taking on all this new stuff at the same time. And I think Danny, you wanted to add to it. Yeah. I think um, one thing that popped to me as Stephanie was, was mentioning her goal setting time specifically being in December Um I have a question and also a statement. Um, so the question is, do you guys, uh, any of you go off site to do goal setting uh, meetings? And if so, have you thought about that or, or why or why not? I, I'll answer that first for us. So I've definitely done it off site in the past. 
this year, um, because it's just Corey and I that did our goal setting for the business, we just did it. We broke it into three different sessions um, and spread it, spread it out across a week where we had some takeaway work that we did, but we just did it here at our corporate headquarters and um, worked through everything, but we really eliminated distractions. And we actually, the first session that we had, it was four hours. And that entire session was, um, it was probably some of the most important conversations that we had from a business perspective, because we talked about what went really well during the past year, what um, did we need to improve on? How could we be better at holding each other accountable? What did we need to stop focusing on? Um, where do we need to spend more time, spend less time? And we actually drew some really needed boundaries around the way that work was creeping into our personal lives in every possible way. Um, and so those conversations were super benef beneficial for us, but we this year did them here and um, we could have gone offsite, but because it's just the two of us, I don't think it really mattered. Um, what about Matt? What about you? Um, well, I definitely don't go offsite. Um, I would probably love to, um, but for me, uh, it's typically a party of one that I do my goal setting with. Um, some of the things I might discuss with my wife, but um, with my small business, it's mainly me that has an impact or should say has an impact, but um, that drives the goal. Um, so probably the closest thing I might have to an offsite is uh, maybe sitting around a fire with a cigar and, you know, my planner and going through some metrics. And, uh, you know, it, I, I think the point is really kind of getting your head space in the right space. Um, and however that needs to be accomplished, I think is important. Um, you know, I think I, I came from a company years ago that used to go off and do offsite planning each year with the executive management team. And I always thought that sounded pretty cool um, because it, one, it gave them an opportunity to kind of bond as an executive team, but then also um, kind of align and focus on goals. So again, I don't necessarily feel like I need to do that myself. Um, but I definitely think it's important to identify the time that you're going to sit down and focus on your review process and your planning and, you know, taking time to really focus and get your head in the right space to make those decisions, to plan that out, you know, as distraction free as possible. Um, kind of like, I think it was Stephanie had said, you know, this is kind of a time for me to, to plan too. I get very busy up until Christmas and then my, my uh, time drops off or, or my, my business kind of drops off pretty drastically. So I took this time between Christmas and New Year's as kind of personal time to sit down and, and, and have that opportunity. You know, it's not something I want to try to fit into a busy day, but since I know that I have a natural break in my business, um, it does kind of work. And obviously as Julie pointed out, you know, the fiscal calendar, this thing kind of works, but I think it's just important um, to really give the process its due space and its due time. So whether that means offsite or whatever, I think, I mean, I would love to do an offsite, but uh, you know, I think my wife and kids would be like, where are you going for several days and why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, Matt. I mean, it's, that's a cigar by the fire, you know, when you're, when your office is in your house, I think is offsite. <laughs> Yeah, true. Um, I wanted to take a quick break for commercial and we'll be right back to continue this conversation. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break and hear from Jessie Cushenberry. She is the founder of Visionary Foods, and she's got some ideas on how you can take off that COVID weight gain. I am so glad to bring you guys our Natola granola. It was created specifically because most of the granolas and cereals on the market are a recipe for weight gain. And I personally love snacking on granola, but it doesn't love me back. So that's how it was created. And I'm excited to bring it to you guys. We have monk fruit sweetened and we have the only unsweetened granola in the entire marketplace. So please do vis visit visionaryfoods.net with coupon code BizQuick, B-I-Z-Q-U-I-K, for 20% off of your first order. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Back to the show. All right. And we're back. So piggybacking off of that, uh, you know, going off site and, and uh, doing the goal setting somewhere else or whatever, like, um, you know, all of us on this call are, you know, very small businesses, you know, less than 10 people in, in the companies and all that. So it's not like you have a large group of people, you know, an executive team, a management team or whoever that you're going to uh, do your goal setting with. <clears throat> Is there anybody that you do include in it? And like, you know, let's say significant others or, you know, people like in your business and like, who do you share your goals with? Um, and that question's kind of for everybody. So we can just kind of go around. Stephanie, why don't you go first? Well, uh, I tried to do goal setting with my husband, but uh, he's, we have very different methods. So that's a little bit challenging. Uh, in the past I've had, and, and this is one of the things, you know, I really struggled with actually this year uh, with COVID and, and all this stuff. Um, I've had some kind of annual rituals that I've done with some friends just in terms of, uh, I'll call it goal setting. It's a little bit more woo woo than that for <laughs> those of you guys. Um, but uh, I'm not getting an opportunity to do that. So I've been kind of bummed about the process of like sharing the idea of, of manifesting some things in the new year. Uh, so that I haven't really done. Um, and then the other thing, I was thinking a little bit about that offsite question because um, I do manage a small team for an organization. And last year was the first year that I did like an annual retro and annual goal, set, goal setting session with the team where I just booked a conference room for the day and we all sat in it and it wasn't offsite, but it was like no laptops, no phones, like let's all be present. I want everyone's input. Everyone has to, you know, contribute, etc. And the team loved it so much. A lot of them are junior people. So I think getting involved in that process was really exciting for them. Like they were engaged and they felt some ownership. And as a result, I think everyone did really well with their goals this year. And I'm actually thinking about how do I recreate that in this virtual space now where we can't all be together. And um, I don't know if just getting on a Zoom is gonna feel the same. So uh, it's a really, I would be open to any suggestions that anyone has on that. What about you, Matt? Um, well, yeah, I have a small team of really just a couple part-time people and myself. So in terms of people that I kind of review my goals with, I don't really ask for any input in the 
process for what I'm going to set as my goals, but I definitely communicate it once I have them, at least those that are business related, I, I will discuss those with employees um, because I think it's important for them to understand what, you know, what my goals are because my goals in terms of the business now become their goals, but then I also allow them to, you know, share maybe what their goals might be or ask them what their goals are and try to incorporate that in some way, you know, into the business goals. Um, again, it's a small team, but I want to incorporate them any way I can. Um, you know, other goals, I think it's also important. I don't, I guess it depends on the goals. Some of them that are, you know, maybe it's physical or health related. Um, definitely. I try to share those with somebody, whether it's, you know, my wife or my family, somebody that can help me, uh, maintain some accountability. Um, you know, it, we all kind of get some, some energy when somebody calls you out. Um, if you have a goal to do something and you kind of step away from that, you know, your family's gonna be the first ones to call you out. So it's always important that they know what your goals are. Um, not only so they can support you hopefully, but also they can call you out when you, <laughs> when you step away, which is always, um, which is always helpful to kind of get you back on track sometimes. Um, but other than that, I really, um, I don't have like a, a big team or anybody to share with. Um, so when I actually create my goals, they're it's usually me, myself and I, and, uh, and my soul. <laughs> nice. Nice. How about you, Danny? So I have a staff of two folks that are basically the product arm of what we do for our clients. So, um, you know, when I'm out doing the goal setting, I have to be cognizant of their ability to be able to perform the goals that I'm setting. So, you know, it's very important for me to sh not only share the goals that we've set as an office, but get buy-in um, so that they could even take ownership of the goal and realize that everything that they do um, for a client helps achieve the bottom, the end game, which is for everybody to get profit sharing. So, um, you know, sharing the goal for me is extremely important, not only for buy-in, but when I look at the whole year and I think of weeks like uh, Memorial Day, Labor Day, those are typically slower weeks for everybody, right? So uh, also Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, that's four weeks right there where that's not a full week and we can say what we want, but mentally we're not working a full week that week. So I, I pretty much have a 48 week goal year because those four weeks they're done. Then you got to take into account their vacation time that they have. And knowing that my third quarter is the busiest quarter and you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving are busy weeks for payroll. You know, those are pretty much blackout dates for, for vacation, right? So I have to share the goals so that we know what the workflow is going to be like so that everybody can plan their schedule accordingly once they've bought into the big goal, right? So that's, that's the way I look at it and why the reasons I think I need to share it to my team. Yep, that makes complete sense. And I like that approach that you use with the, you know, making it a 48 week goal based on those weeks where there's really limited availability or, 
everybody's not all in on the working. Um, Steph, from what you said about the kind of the virtual planning and struggling with that, I don't know that I have an answer for it. I mean, I feel like everybody at this point is just zoomed out, but maybe looking at the goals from a smaller scale in terms of like approaching it from a quarter perspective to start with so that you still have an opportunity that perhaps you can plan out the other three quarters face-to-face um, depending on what happens early in 2021 might be an option. Um, I don't know. It's just tough because really the only option is Zoom or, you know, something, something of that nature, which I just, you know, it can be an effective tool, but I think people are tired of it. Really tired yeah. of Zoom. Do you yeah, guys... I I, 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 I was just going to say, I like that. So thank you. I'll, I mean, I think we'll do like an overarching annual, but then maybe focus the details on the quarterly until we can hopefully be in person. Yeah. Maybe for a little while. And I, I long for the days of uh, when we just had conference calls, having to actually <laughs> sit in front of your computer and stare at everybody. Drive me crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do you guys, does anybody have anybody or has anyone ever encountered or have advice for people who might have someone who actively works against their goals, right? So if you've got a significant other or maybe somebody on your team or a peer or something at work or just, you know, a business partner who's just not supportive of the goals and doesn't buy in and actively works against it, have you experienced it? And if yes, any tips for how people can get around that. And let's uh, start with Matt, because he's got his hand raised. So Matt. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I think that's common with anything where you're making change. And I've seen it at all different levels, whether it's maybe taking my business in a different direction or taking, you know, personal action for my health or just anytime you're making change that you're going to get some pushback. And honestly, um, for me, sometimes that, that may be an indicator that you're doing the right things. Um, when you start to see people um, go against that, because um, they maybe don't quite understand it. Um, but for me, honestly, the, the best thing I can do is, is kind of stay focused on what my goals are and know that I'm doing the right thing for myself in whatever area that is, and really not try to put too much energy in trying to prove why I'm doing what I'm doing, but just doing it. And my experience has typically been that the results of your actions will, will show light to those folks and they will eventually either become a big supporter of you or they just will fall off one way or the other. Um, I think it's important not to really, I hate to term haters, but, you know, not to give too much energy to your haters and really just kind of focus on what your goals are. And my experience has been that those, those folks that really care about you and, you know, they might not see it right away because it is change and change is hard for everybody. Um, but eventually as they start to see the results, um, people that want to support you will support you in the change that you're making. When you said that, I was thinking, so again, putting my corporate hat on, talking about my corporate uh, experience, I have worked with someone who really does not believe in the corporate structure of goal setting. And I can kind of appreciate that because for any of you guys who have worked in corporate before, right? It's like, okay, so you set your annual goals in March 
And then come November, you have to do your annual review. So that's what, like eight months. And then, um, you know, before you do your self-review, you like they've already decided what raise you're getting, what you're, if you're getting a promotion or not. So the whole process feels really hijacked and not, um, not personalized, not organic. It's really just like checking a box. So I think, and we've touched on it in a couple of different ways here, but like really making the process like work for you and be beneficial for you. And I think if there is somebody in your life who's, who's struggling with either setting goals or achieving them, like helping them maybe find a different framework or a different method that is going to work for them. There's so many different like goal setting methodologies and structures and, and things that, you know, maybe they just need a different process, or maybe they just need to look at the goal in a different way, you know, asking them why it is that they feel they want to achieve that goal also is a really good question to ask somebody because sometimes we're doing things not for us, but for other people. So, uh, Danny, I think you might have something to say on this subject. I do. Uh, I have a very specific incident where, uh, as I mentioned earlier about sharing with my team, um, I, I came up with that concept two and a half years ago, uh, when I came back from a goal setting session, uh, and I outlined for the team, what the goals were for the next year. And the, one of the, I'm, I'm excited, you know, everyone's excited. And, and one of my employees, I had five at the time. She came to me and she said, you know, I, I saw your goals and I, and I, I wish you the great, but greatest luck with them. But um, I just don't see myself being a part of that future growth that you're talking about. Um, so I, I feel like it's time for me to move on. And so luckily she had enough, wherewithal and self-recognition to be able to see based on where we were going to be in a year uh, that she wasn't going to be able to either keep up or she was just already unhappy and it just you know exponentially would get worse because of whatever reason so more than anything else you know I felt like it put pressure and it's in when you share it with your team it's either going to encourage them to work harder or push them out the door when they were already had one foot out the door anyway. So that, that's what experience I had with my team uh, reacting to the goal being shared with them. Yeah. And that, I love that approach where you kind of, it, you put it on your team to make that decision of whether or not they want to stick around or if they want to work harder. Um, you know, so it really gives them the power to, to, you know, to, in their, you know, their career, their position, whatever it is. Um, but we have to start wrapping it up. So I wanted to just ask y'all uh, one more question, just go around the group again. Um, if you had one tip for our listeners on goal setting, what would it be? Who wants to go first? Don't everybody jump up. All right, Matt. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, you know, my big tip that I'm going to uh, work on for this year is write it down. Um, I do a lot of thinking and I have a lot of ideas. And so what I really need to do is uh, for me is focus on writing it down and making myself um, accountable, going back and reviewing what I wrote down. Um, you know, whether it's a week later, a month later, you know, three months, a year later. Um, so basically that's my tip is um, create your goals and write them down, put them, put them on paper and making concrete. 
That's great. Stephanie, how about you? Yeah, I'll tag on to that. Actually, one of the things that I've been doing probably within the last six months as part of my morning routine is writing out 10 like long-term goals uh, every day, same goals every day, basically till I achieve them. And they're all like my annual goals kind of tie into these longer term goals. Like one is to have a vacation home, et cetera. So it puts everything front and center every single day. So that's what I would say, but whether it's writing it down, like Matt said, hanging it somewhere, doing it every day, something like that. Perfect. Danny. I wish I came up with this, but I heard it from one of our CEOs, uh, our previous CEO. So I would encourage everyone to do an audit of your week. And because stress is really what determines whether or not you continue to do whatever you're doing or not. So impose your own stress on it. By that, I mean, if there's an activity that you would do once, but you would not do a thousand times, don't do it. Simple as, you know, sure, I'll eat one cookie, but I wouldn't eat a thousand cookies. Well, then would you, would you, should you really eat that one cookie, right? Obviously you've got the circumstantial, you know, situation, but I mean, just really put stress on everything that you do. Um, you know, if you'll do it once, will you do it a thousand times? And if not, should you be doing it at all? especially for high-performing entrepreneurs that have limited time and limited resources, everything that you do matters. And if you'll do it a thousand times, keep doing it. But if it's a one-time thing, should you really do it? That's my one tip. That's a really good tip. Um, all three of those tips are very good. And Corey and I are each going to give a tip as well. My tip for goal setting would be this, that if you're somebody who struggles with holding yourself accountable or finishing goals, then pick goals that you can break into smaller pieces so that you can get wins along the way. It's hard to stay motivated if you don't ever get any wins and you're constantly working towards something that's going to take you 10 or 12 or 18 months to achieve. So chunk it out. Get those small wins so you get motivated and that you keep moving. And I'm going to kind of tack on to both the writing it down and that motivation. It's finding finding that what's called a reward for hitting your goals, whatever they may be. So for me, and as dumb as it sounds, I get a weird satisfaction crossing things off of lists. So I like writing my stuff down so that I can cross it off later. Um, you know, and so, I mean, it could be little things like that. It could be, you know, if you're, if you're doing a, a exercise or dieting or whatever, like, you know, at the end of after the end of that month or what, you know, you hit that goal, whatever it is, you know, have that cheat day where you're going to, you know, eat a thousand cookies, Matt. Um, <laughs> I only said that cause he raised his hand. Um, but the uh, yeah. So it's, it's just setting that, that goal and then having that, that, you know, little reward at the end. And it does, again, it doesn't have to be major, but just something to kind of signify that you hit that goal um, and then write another one down. Uh, and with that, uh, I want to say thanks to uh, everybody on our panel today and to all of our listeners. And if you want to connect with anybody on uh, today's show, we will have their information in our show notes. Yeah. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. You can also reach out to us on sbpace.com or 
bizquickpodcast.com. And when you're out there uh, reaching out to everybody, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. Like us, give us a review. If the service you uh, use to listen to podcasts doesn't have any kind of review function, um, just send it to us directly. Yeah, because we love feedback. I mean, we love feedback. And you know what else you can do? You can tell your friends to listen to our podcast because that's how people start listening to new ones when their friends say, hey, go check out this quick. It's amazing. You can reach out to us about topics you're interested in hearing. And we should probably tell you, we wrote a book. And by the way, it's a bestseller. You can find it on Amazon and it has a companion workbook. And that's it for today's podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.